0: Tuesday, 10th of August, 1999, on the oldest day of the year, Louis Glasbrook had come home to his native Lincolnshire sure. for the last time. The townsfolk had turned out to say goodbye. Not in a friendly way, it must have been just a fancy on my part, but I came on outside. The church scenes to have grown during the brief, chill funeral service, swelling in numbers that arrived earlier to claim a good spot the way people do before a big parade. Everywhere I look, people stand along headstones, flank the pyramid wall, and line the footpaths like some ghastly god of honour. We follow the coughing out of the sunshine, bright enough to characterise wounds. They watch us without moving or speaking. A place of hearing false, in spite of the date, being kept secret for as long as possible. Uniformed police told him, hold them back, keeping the paths and porch clear. But the photographers have brought step ladders and huge telescopic lenses. The rounded, fluffy, and photophones with the news reporters look powerful enough to pick up the scampering of church mice. I keep my eyes down, push my sunglasses a little wide on my nose. Although I know I look very different now, 30 years is a long time, a few yards ahead of me. Bees of moisture swell and burst on the necks of the pool Then these men leave a trail behind them. A smell of aftershave and be of you sweat. The suits are all dry clean quite often enough. Then is a sip since Larry's day. The men who worked for Glassbrook in Greenwood Funeral rectors, wore suits as black as new leaves behind coal. Their shoes are been... Hair gleamed, and these shaved so close to the as uh, to leave raw, rash scarred skin behind Larry's men carried the caskets reverently. Like the works of art they were, Larry would never have permitted the cheap lament or coffin I had seen in front of me, knowing that his own funeral fell short of the standards he insisted upon. Could have been a bit a bit of disappointment, Larry. Well, man! he might have laughed, loudly and cruelly, but he did sometimes, which you least suspect, if it, when it was most unnerving, and he might have run his fingers for his black hair, winked suggestively, and zoomed dancing to the Elvis Presley tracks that seemed constantly to be playing his workshop. Also, all this time, even think about Elvis Presley music, sets my heart racing, a cheap coughing, and its bearers turn like a giant crawling insect and lead of half. As we head south towards the last brook flammy blot, the heat on our faces is intense as searching as the limelight and the day down at hill moves it all in Lancashire. It's high on the moors. Hot days are scarce, but a Sunday day seems determined to give Larry a full taste of the temperatures waiting for him, his next place of confinement. I wonder what his words or his headstone might carry. Loving husband, devoted father and merciless killer, at this last minute above the ground tick away, at his last minute tick away above ground, above ground tick away, the crown seemed to press forward and hang down back simultaneously like a loose tide. They can't quite remember whether it's ebbing or flowing. Then out in the corner of my eye, half hidden behind the rim of my sunglasses, I spot the teenagers, a boy, a girl, and two girls, small, skinny, dresses, of colored polyester. The eyes of the adults flick round the churchyard, resentfully and the mourners, nervously at the police, curiously at the media. Then the teenagers watch only the brief Chief Mourner, a woman who walks immediately behind the vicar, directly in front of me. She is beautiful in a way that no one could have predicted when she was fifteen. Her hair had become honey blonde, a body has filled out. Long, longer does she re- resemble a carnival puppet, his head too big for its spindly stick body, eyes that used to stare like those of a startled bush baby from a TV roller programme, or now the right size for her face. A rat dress she wears has a twist texture of cloudy, a colour a brand new purses. A murmured... Whisper suggests the watches are following. A woman in the new black dress turns her head. I can't help but copy her. I see that the t- three teenagers are coming too. At the sight of them, the wound my neck my left hand begins the wound of my left hand begins to hurt. I tuck it into my right armpit using my upper arm to bring gentle pressure against the pain. It helps a bit, but I can't. But I can help could feel sweat trickling down between my shoulder blades. is no more relaxed than I am. His handkerchief is out, rubbing the back of his neck and drabbing his void. But he begins. Uh, but he begins a viral prayers. The air of a man who knows, the end in, in, is in sight. At the appointed time, the pulper is lessen the tension on the ropes. They old and the coughing wobbles lower until we no longer see it. Then. That's when it hits us. I see my own thought reflected in the eyes of those around me. A whisper troubled energy ripples through the crowd. Better you than you deserve, you bastard, calls a voice in the back. This is exactly what Larry did to his young victims. He lowered them into the ground, only they weren't dead. One of the teenagers, the youngest, was wandered away by his friends and half-hiding behind a headstone. He peers out at me, it looks like Stephen, the name, comes to me quickly. The skinny-lead blue shirt is Stephen. A slick, sweating poor is offering me earth, so I take a handful and approach the grave. There are no flowers, coffined, and not, and no, n- nor were there any in, a, in church. I don't remember ever seeing a church without them before. I came to a sudden vision of a woman, a parish c- coming suddenly, silently, to be to last night to remove them, because this is not occasion for flowers. Close to the church wall, barely visible, behind the crowd, is a man who is a sexton in the old days. He's dressed in a black suit now. He doesn't look up. I don't think that my old friend has seen me. I left the earth full, curious conscious that behind me is being offered to many of my other mourners. To the other mourners, who were politely shaking their heads, thinking it was a wrong thing to do then. The thing was made me stand out again. The prayers were complete. Judge not, adds the beggar, suddenly brave, that ye not be judged. He bows to no one in particular and scurries off. A hail of bell bearers fade in the night round. I step back too, and the woman with black hotly holly black blonde here is alone to look at the grave. Not for long, the watchers are each other to become precipitants. Slowly, the mass grave creeps forward. The teenage, too, are deep, drawing near, although. They are harder to see than the adults in the strum A watch has come to a standstill. A woman in black looks at them directly. Not all, none, but will meet will meet her eyes. Then a woman of sixty something steps forward until her stand feet toners grimly dirt, stand on the very edge of the grave. I know this woman. Years ago she can me when the misery and anger got the better of all of oh, this, this Decent instincts. I remember a fat finger jabbing my face, bitterness of breath as she leaned in and stabbed me with threats and acclamations. Her name is Duxbury. She's the mother of Larry's first victim, Susan. Standing on the edge of Larry's grave, she sucks in breath, leans forward and spits. It's possible the first time in my life she has done so. The spittle is a thin dribbling. It doesn't. It, if it makes a sound, it hits the wood. I didn't hear it. Next he approach the grave is more practice, a huge, ball necked bald-headed man, probably younger than, than the creases in his skin suggests. He hawks, then <coughs> plectum, solid as a faint colluding paint, smacks into the coffin, one, one, oh, one, one by one or the other follows, to so the coffin beneath them, must be splattered like with spittle flowers. The last of them approach the grave shoulder, an elderly man, thin and dark skinned, eyes like stones. He looks round. Now, personal lass, he says to a woman in a black dress, as I try to imagine anything more personal, spitting on the grave. we never blamed you, only did He moves away. per a minute, maybe more, the woman in a black dress is motionless, doing something in the middle distance. Then, without looking back, she qu- crosses the grave, pulls the path to perhaps bracing himself to run the gauntlet of reporters and photographers. They'll keep their distance during the service. But they didn't come here for nothing. They won't leave without something. I follow in on make, but the sounds grabs my attention. I stop behind me at a raised aisle. I hear the teenagers making high pitched, sucking noises as they try to copy the adults and spit on the lawyer's girlfriend. I suppose that they have more excuse than most. But the young doing it seems feeble, will believe them. I think I might speak to them, tell them that surely by time it must be time to move on. But when I look back, they are, they're nowhere to be seen. Those three kids haven't walked the earth in 30 years, yet I can't help but feel that woman in the black dress has seen their ghost too.